Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is being a pastor during a pandemic. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I am Pastor Amanda Zentalo, and I serve at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, I came up with this topic because yeah, I remember doing one years and years ago, and I think it is literally years and years at this point, <laughs> about what a pastor does during the day. Oh, yeah. Because most oh, yeah. people didn't realize you had an office, you have duties, you have things that have to get done. But that changes dramatically when you throw no building into it and no church service as it's traditionally known. So I'm curious mm -hmm. how things have changed for you and what your day looks like right now. So let's start with what is the biggest day-to-day -day change other than the obvious of you're not actually going to the church? Yeah, that's a huge one, right? I'm not in the car at all. Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting. For example, today, I it's almost 4 p.m. I've had, I think, four or five Zoom meetings today already, and I have another three to go. And I have two that are scheduled that are overlapping that I may not even get to. So Now, you've had meetings in the past, right? That part isn't different. But there is something special about a Zoom meeting that can be so much more exhausting. Yes. And I will say that I've had a lot of meetings in the past. Part of it is the exhaustion that comes from all the meetings being on screens and the blue light from screens being in your face all day long and that kind of a thing. That is a special kind of exhaustion. There's a special kind of exhaustion that comes from your face being so close. Frankly, people are not this close to my face sure. all day long when we're in meetings. Right? <laughs> You're you so much more aware of yourself yeah. in a way that is frankly uncomfortable most of the time. Well, I mean, people don't normally get to see which direction my eyes are facing, mm -hmm. right? We're so accustomed to watching people on screens and everything. We don't recognize exactly how talented our screen actors and screen performers are at understanding how even the slight shift of focus in your eyes can convey a completely different meaning on film. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of exhaustion is absolutely present. And I think that there are more meetings for a couple of different reasons. We're having to meet more frequently to try to figure out new things. Oh, well, that's real. Because right? things come up so much more often than they would have normally. And they've completely changed. And so we have to meet to figure out how to address the new need and how to create something that is completely new and different. So we have all our normal meetings, and then we have the meetings to solve the new problems and new challenges. And then there's the trying to check in on people, relational-based meetings, mm -hmm. right? Like all of those are now... Well, and there's one more type of meeting that I know I've been in on. It's the pure learning right? The learning of the technology and the yep. back end of stuff, because that's completely different from getting up, standing in front of a microphone and making sure the organ works or you can hear this or there's no feedback. There's way more going on. Oh, so much more. And if you are not savvy enough to know computers inside and out, there's a lot of software to learn to this. And that is exhausting in and of itself. Absolutely. And I think that 
one of the things with the differences in worship and the, the different way that worship is occurring, the thousand tiny little pieces that make a worship service happen from someone baking the bread and making sure that it's not frozen and it is in the back in time for Sunday morning worship to having the music coming out at the right volume in the right places to having, you know, all the tiny little pieces that go into making worship happen that still is happening, but it's a whole different group now doing it because instead of it being our elders and altar guild crew who have been doing this kind of stuff for decades. Yep. They it's know all, all of folks. the tiny little ins and outs of everything. Yep. Exactly. And so it's a whole new tech crew who's having to learn how to do Zoom and how all of those different pieces. And we've opted to not pre-record our services. There are plenty of congregations that are opting to either pre-record their service and then upload it to YouTube to premiere on Sunday morning or they're live streaming from their sanctuary, but it's just one or maybe two people who are leading the service. Those kinds of pieces, it's all different. Yep. The way that we've opted to do it, there's a team of six of us. By the time we all get into the room, before we open up the doors, right? I Easily. think there's six of us for each week to run the worship service on Zoom as a collaborative participatory worship experience that is in keeping with who Central Lutheran is. And yeah, it takes a lot of time. Some folks have been like, well, can we have a learning hour at 9 a.m. before worship like usual? I guess that people doing the service might have to leave 10 minutes before. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh -uh. <laughs> There's more going on. We start an hour and 15 minutes before worship <laughs> with getting everything set. And it takes us that full hour and 15 minutes to get to all certain, the bits and pieces. Yep. Mm -hmm, that it's all working right. So yeah, it's a whole different way of doing stuff. What takes you into the actual building these days? Very little. Yeah. Very, very little. I'll be going in for the first time, I think in a month this week because there's mail for me. <laughs> oh, sure. And I know that there's mail that needs to be taken care of. So our admin goes in about once a week and does the mail and those kinds of pieces. Sure. And our musician is in a couple of times a week because his instruments are there. Sure. And so he has permission to be there to record and to practice. But I only go in when there's something that requires it. So I have something I need to pick up. Um, so mail or if I'm picking up the packets for the kids to be able to take out the devotional packets. And I try to do as much in that time as I can. So I go in and I check my voicemail that's sitting there and I check the mail and I try to think if there's anything I need from my office or drop anything off at the office. And then I'm out of there in probably half an hour because, again, I'm trying to minimize my impact on the facility as well. Sure. Okay, you had started talking about seeing people and what I guess would traditionally be called a visitation. Mm -hmm. How has that changed? Does that all take place via Zoom? Is it more a phone call? I'm going to guess that you don't actually go see people mask or no mask. It is a big blend. Okay. So a lot of it is email. Some of it is Zoom. Some of it is Facebook and Facebook Messenger. Mm -hmm. Some are phone calls. Some are text messages. When I have delivered the devotional packets to families, there has been some visitation at a distance with mask on. Sure. Right? Like when I've dropped stuff off for mm -hmm. your daughter, there's been a little bit of waving from a distance and maybe a little conversation there. 
So there's been a little bit of that, but it's not me going over and sitting on somebody's couch and having a conversation. That's got to be hard. That's got to be a hard change for everybody. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, as much as we hear kids talking about how much they're going to miss being able to hug their friends on the first day of school, right? Because we're not going to have in-person school right away. And all of those pieces, we're all kind of finding our way in the challenge of lack of contact with one another and lack of accessibility of contact with one another. Yeah, I was going to ask if it was generational, but I have to assume that that across the board is hard for everybody, no matter what the age, because I'm sure the older people may or may not be tech savvy and want to connect with somebody that way. Right. And would prefer some sort of face-to-face in-person thing. But you are absolutely correct about the younger kids My daughter, who's 14, the lack of physical contact with hugs and all of that is just brutal for her to endure. Yep, absolutely. And I think that that's a huge deal for the young children right now. Sure. Huge deal. Okay, so in the same vein then, what about some of the traditional things that you usually take care of? We kind of have passed wedding season. Much of that has been postponed, but there are the weddings and the funerals Mm -hmm. and the baptisms and the confirmations. Is it just all put on hold or have you found ways to do these things? So baptisms, I have not had that happen as of yet. A couple of colleagues have and some are finding creative ways around that. I've seen some spectacular pictures of priests and squirt guns but I'm not sure that that's necessarily the route you'd want to go. I won't go that route because (laughs) I have a real issue with guns being used as any kind of imagery in a church, given the history in our nation around guns and gun violence. So I can't go that route. But I have heard of someone doing like, for one thing, in an emergency basis, anyone can baptize. Any believing Christian has the authority to baptize another person. And so it does not have to be my hands doing the water. Okay. I could be present and another person six feet away with their family member could do the water with their hands. And that is not harmful or less uh, efficacious is the word. Less meaningful Mm -hmm. is an easier way to say it exactly. So that's one way to solve a baptism if that comes up in this time. Weddings, this one, I just had my first request for a wedding during the pandemic And I asked right away, what are your safety precautions? How many people are you anticipating? And is the location that you're thinking of open and able to hold a service like this? Are are you able to do this? Mm -hmm. If so, then I am willing to meet with you if it is, you know, I was told it was like seven people. And so at that point, okay, we can do that socially distanced. And what you need to, I'm doing air quotes, what you have to have for a wedding is you need an efficient You need two people who are lawfully of age to get married and two witnesses over the age of 18. So you need five people present in order for a marriage to be legal. And so that's kind of what I would prefer is five people. Now, if you have a photographer Mm -hmm. and write like another friend, then I get that. So seven, eight-ish people were well under the group line and if we're outdoors. So those are the kinds of things I'm probably going to be. And then everyone would be masked. Sure. And go from there. Very different. Very. In time of pandemic. Mm -hmm. Very different. So funerals are much the same. Outdoor. The ones that I have officiated at, 
in this time have all been outdoor. Graveside, I'll be doing another graveside service uh, this month. I have a new tool that is a wireless microphone with a hip pack that is its own speaker. Oh, nice. And so it actually fits inside my mask. So the wind doesn't cover it up and my mask goes over it. And it's really very pretty loud. Nice. And odd to wear, but it works well. So I can be heard clearly through my mask. And then I can remain masked through the entire service. And I'm not worried about trying to project and having any kind of way in which I might be infecting other people by doing that. So how does the planning for all of these change? Is it just additional Zoom meetings? Is there yep. other complications that come along with it that I'm not aware of? More Zoom. More <laughs> Zoom. <laughs> and that's in like capital M-O-A-R, Mar Zoom. But honestly, that's a big shift is that I'm meeting with families on Zoom for planning. And that's hard because you don't have the same kind of opportunity to connect or to pray or, I mean, no. you can still pray over Zoom, don't get me wrong, but no. there's so much. Well, and especially if you're talking families, we feel awkward in front of a camera and put mm-hmm. on the spot and kids mm-hmm. doesn't get any better when Mm-mm. you have kids no. involved. Yeah. And the subtle body language pieces and those kinds of things just don't get communicated in the same way. That's really hard. And that's just reality that it's going to be hard. So phone call, I did a lot of phone call prep work with one of the organizings and a lot of Zoom work on the other. The one that's coming up, it'll be, you know, we'll likely connect via Zoom to chat but just trying to find ways to get the stories. And it's hard because I can't go to their house and then take a look at the person's Bible to find a Bible verse. Or, you know, there's lots of different pieces that are missing. And it just is what it is. It's a new thing. It's a new way to be. Is there any situation that you're used to doing that you haven't come across yet, either because you've been able to put it off or the situation just hasn't arose and you're already wondering, how am I going to tackle this? Well, confirmation is one of them, right? Our confirmands are waiting. They have opted to postpone their confirmation until we're all able to get back together. But the other pastor who's teaching with me, we're really struggling with how to teach the kids in this environment because the kids are so overwhelmed themselves as well. Yeah. That adding content into their check-in time has been phenomenally challenging. Oh, I believe it. And before the pandemic, we had a really good system going where we would get them all together and do some content in our intensives. And they really responded to that because they were in a place where they were all together and they didn't have any other distractions and they were able to focus in, right? Because these are middle school students or early high school students. Mm -hmm. And so distractions are really easy to find. You put them in their bedrooms on their devices and having them able to stay focused with each other is really, really, really hard. And just getting them to remember to log in at a specific time from their bedroom on their devices. Totally. It's nearly impossible certain times. Yeah. It's just a big challenge right now. And once we start back into distanced learning for kids, I think it's going to get even more challenging because their brains are going to be fried because they have been on distance learning Zoom calls. Yeah. So that is one that we haven't solved as of yet. 
because we still have content we want to teach with the kids. Sure. But we have not yet figured out the best and most impactful way to do that in this new environment. It's very hard. I can't even imagine. Okay, that's going to bring me to my last question. Is there something that you found is the most welcome change? Does being able to do some of this in your pajama bottoms make it a little easier? Or is the Zoom (laughs) call just a hard Zoom call no matter what? The one piece that has changed the most probably that has been the kindest has been that I am eating so much more home-cooked food. Oh, I believe that. I'm not on the road so much, and I'm not gone for 10 to 12 hours at a time like I had been. And so I'm able to, even if it's just 10 minutes in between meetings, I'm able to go into the kitchen and grab some cottage cheese. Or I'm able to, right, like grab something that's not desk pretzels or McDonald's on my way home so I don't bite my husband's head off when I get home. (laughs) I would be remiss if I did not ask how your animals feel about having you home more. They are usually within three to five feet of me at all times now. (laughs) So I can only imagine that they're enjoying this. For those who don't know, you have a bird and a dog. Yeah. And the dog, I can't leave the room without her following me. And the bird is so confused by my consistent presence that she's kind of like, um, give me some space. That's delightful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a definite change. And that's lovely. But the whole thing about getting to be home for dinner is really, really different because most evenings of the week, I'm at the church building. Sure. And so getting to be home to make a dinner and have dinner with my spouse and it be whole foods and not just something grabbed quickly or we're going to a restaurant because I'm so tired or any of those kinds of things. That has been something that I've really, really treasured in this time. Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about being a pastor during the pandemic. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. Thank you all so much for joining us today. It was wonderful to get to spend some time with you. If you have questions, comments, or thoughts for us, please feel free to reach out to us at podcast at centralportland.org or find us on Facebook. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.